Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from the grip of Grumpsh to the grandest Griffins. And today, we're talking about Green Dragons. All right, Brian. Will. Year of the Dragon. It's the Year of the Dragon. We're coming up on the last four or so dragons. There's a, there, We're talking about a creature that's as green as the bookcase behind me. Indeed. Indeed it is, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> okay, so green dragons. Uh, green dragons, otherwise known as forest dragons in Dungeons & Dragons, are the third most powerful of the major five chromatic dragons. Uh, they're noted to be master manipulators, um, both cunning and treacherous. They're not as outwardly violent and destructive as most of their other chromatic counterparts. Green dragons are just as thoroughly evil. Um, they take pleasure in subverting and corrupting creatures of good, bending others to their will, and advancing their never-ending ambition to accumulate power both political and literal um, through any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So aside from their emerald green scales, green dragons are most easily recognized by their curved jawline, their very long and tall neck, and their prominent waving crest that starts at the, um, not the base of the skull, but I guess the, the, like the forehead area of the skull, and extends all the way back down the tail and uh, down the neck and to the bottom of the tail. Sweet. Um, green dragons also have thick leathery spiked plates that cover their sides, um, actually the sides of their necks and their tails. Uh, their nostrils sit high on their snout, and uh, their teeth protrude from their mouths, even when closed, in a very crocodilian way. Okay. Um, their necks and legs are proportionally longer in relation to their body in comparison to any other dragon. So when they stand up on when they stand on all fours, their bodies stay higher off the ground, mm-hmm. enabling them to walk over high brush. And uh, when they rear up on their hind legs, um, their long necks allow them to peer over trees. So they're kind of built like brachiosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> they sound uh, very dinosaurian. Oh, 
They don't move in herds? They do not move in herds, okay. no. Quite the opposite, in fact. <laughs> um, also, green dragons uh, carry a strong odor of chlorine wherever they go. because they breathe, Oh, God. They breathe poison, so they smell like poison. You smell like an indoor pool. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they kind of... Like you've been there? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I've been there in my mind. <laughs> Indeed, I, I have. I rolled for initiative. Many times. <laughs> So uh, green dragons tend to make their homes in environments with thick vegetation. Um, as their moniker of forest dragons would imply, they prefer forests and even jungles for their territory. Um, the larger and more imposing the trees are and the older and more massive the forest is, the better. Okay. When making their layers, they prefer to carve them out of caves or cliff sides within their forest of choice. And in the absence of options like that... Greens will sometimes fell, uh, go about felling a bunch of mighty trees and then uh, piling them into a great heap and carving out their homes within the hollows of these wooden hills they built. <laughs> so they're kind of like beavers. I just make log houses. <laughs> they just make a log cabin. I'm a beaver, but I'm making, uh, no, I'm like a lumberjack. I do like this image, though. I was like imagining just this, like you're walking through the forest and suddenly like the forest stops and there's just this almost this huge rolling hill expanse of just fallen, broken, rotting trees. Like, that would be terrifying. That I is mean, creepy. What the fuck happened here? And Wha- the answer is a green dragon. <laughs> oh, look, hills. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Those are trees, but they shouldn't bend that way. Exactly. Yeah, like a um, like an igloo almost, but out of trees. Little little sure. d- little tree domes. Little In- bad little tree, tree, domes tree domes filled with evil green dragon. Indeed, it's true. So, uh, green dragons are defined by one key uh, behavioral characteristic, and that's their lust for power. Um, there is little a green dragon would not do to further their ambitions and gain influence over others. Um, but even though they will use violence and intimidation to attain these things, green dragons prefer a more, more subtle manipulations to get what they desire. Okay. Um, they are wily, hyper-intelligent creatures, uh, masters of deceit and double talk through guises of, of diplomacy and use of misdirection and trickery to gain the upper hand against intelligent creatures is how they usually go about things. Uh, with their honey tongue, smooth and sophisticated communication, green dragons will assess and play off another's deepest desires to slowly but surely bend said creature to its will. Mm. Yeah. yeah, lovely. They only drop this ruse of civility once it's too late, and the creature has no hope of freedom from servitude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a green Damn. dragon's role. <laughs> wow, dude. Um, yeah, all the dra- all the colorful dragons suck. Yeah, they're all pretty mean. This one sucks a lot. Yeah, um, I love Green Dragon. I think it's it's one of the funnest villains for sure. Oh yeah, and um, I know that spoilers for Critical Role, even though it's the last campaign. That that Green Dragon, uh, I kept up with it when when that was going on because mm. that Green Dragon storylines on point. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's funny. I know basically nothing about Critical Role. Their last campaign is like uh, pretty much a bunch of dragons taking over the world kind of deal oh, it's, cool. it's like the dragon it's style classic. Chroma- yeah classic, classic chromatic D-D-Go, campaign like that um i don't know like the ins and outs you know the nuance and stuff <clears> but i do know that when the green dragon stuff came around which i think it was in play for a long time they're like okay dealing with other dragons and they think that the green dragon the green dragon is just playing the game really well to mm-hmm. the whole way through which and sounds if, like a green dragon if you're gonna have a race of which which dragon's gonna make it to the end you know, it's gonna be reds and greens, maybe and blues, maybe blues, definitely not blacks and whites, though. That's for sure. No, yeah, the, <laughs> um, the 
I think the White Dragon was one of the first ones they came up against, but let's get back to... Back to Green Dragons. So, um, the main thing about Green Dragons is they desire both useful information and useful individuals in a way that rivals their desire for treasure. Mm. So, a Green Dragon might use bribes and manipulation on political and mercantile interests in a nearby community in order to see how much authority they can obtain by proxy. Nice. They might undergo peaceful negotiations with neighbors only to take devilish delight in finding and exploiting loopholes in their agreements. Um, regardless of their methods, Green Dragon's end, end goal is always the same. Com- gain complete domination and control over all within their territory. And then once that is achieved, expand their control and influence beyond their territory's borders. Nice. So they're very... Um, tyrannical i guess you could say but so, so are many of the other chromatic dragons but it's they're very um this is their niche they're manipulators like master yeah manipulators. They're, they're manipulators but they're meticulous i think is the word i'm going for they're very meticulous high attention when it comes to, to detail tyranny. yes very much so so as i said before green dragons enjoy bending others to their will and collecting useful individuals into their servitude uh, as such these are uh some of the most likely uh, dragons to accrue underlings and the types of underlings that are going to be very very common under green dragons are things like goblins orcs kobolds unt if they're in a jungle like area um and these these types of humanoid uh, servants are more like gangs that are under their control and mm. like almost like their private security for their forests. pretty much you right. just like you're gonna march through all this before you <clears throat> even touch me exactly and that's oh, that's just the people that's not even the traps and the layer and all that other stuff the environmental effect that i'm sure we're gonna yes, get to yes we, which we will get into and all that other stuff yes so um oh yeah other other evil forest dwelling creatures that can come under the control of green dragons commonly are etter caps which we haven't really talked about on the show they're uh, like spider humanoid insect monsters that live in the forest cool they're like that's they're fun fairly intelligent they make big webs, and I like... They do. They, they make big webs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ettons, which are like two-headed hill giants. Uh, that's a uh, gross oversimplification, but generally that's how you would uh, identify big t- them. Big two-headed. Big two-headed dudes. guy. Also ogres, maybe trolls even. Uh, you can find them all within the servitude of your local green dragon. Pop quiz, Will. What do you yes. do with the troll's body after you kill it? Burn it. That's right, baby. Yes. <laughs> or, you th- or you throw it in the ace chemicals vat. Or that, yes. That's and also. hope it doesn't get out of there and become the Joker. <laughs> yeah, oh God, that's horrifying. <laughs> okay, so though the manipulation and corruption of the local human or population is always at the top of the list of green dragons, like things to do list, um, never is it of such a high priority as it is with elves. Green dragons absolutely despise elves. Yeah, man. They're like, that's my forest. And the elves right. are like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, where was I? Um, a big, pa- a big part of this, a big part of this is likely uh, due to the fact that of the shared favorite terrain paired with the clashing alignments of chaotic good and lawful evil. Mm. Um, green dragons tend to promote the flourishment of poisonous vegetation, of the of the cultivation of like evil forest creatures. Uh, elves do the absolute polar opposite. Elves, yeah. elves tend to make uh, for poor servants due to their natural resistance to being swayed to evil and their knack for resisting charm magics and for the resistance to mundane trickery due to the general high intelligence score of the general elf population. And pretty much just because they kind of don't want to. Yeah, exactly. They're just not really they, into that. They're just not into it. So all in all, elves make for massive pains in the ass for green dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you get like five or six of them together and level them up high enough, they'll probably kill that dragon. Indeed. And uh, because of this, green's revel in actions of torturing, killing, eating, and even successfully corrupting and dominating elves. It's just what gets them there. 
That's just <laughs> what they like. And uh, with that being said, let's take a short rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about that last thing. That's the past. Let's stay in the now. Find your center, get ready for love. (laughs) Here it is. Now it's going to come from another guy. I also love you. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. If you can hear the sound of my voice, we really super duper appreciate it. Let's thank some people in particular. Indeed. Let's do that. Thank you for your pledges, Colin Austin. Thanks, Colin. Patrick Abden. Thanks, Patrick. Stannis. The Manus. (laughs) Thanks, Stannis. The Manus. Robert LePage. Thanks, Robert. If I've said your name before, you're welcome. (laughs) And thank you. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you coming on board and helping us. Uh, okay. We really want new cameras. Please help us get new cameras. Holy crap. <laughs> so we use true. our phones. Uh, I know we, we're, making, we're making do and we're doing great. But like my, my guys, my battery on my phone is just like so fucking fried. It's true. Uh, I'm going to get a new one soon because <laughs> I got that good insurance because of that, because of the, this reason. So please help us uh, buy cameras. Dear God. Um, and the way you can do that <laughs> is by going to patreon.com slash dungeon cast, checking out all our sweet bonus content and make make a pledge for the one that fits you best. Uh, if you don't if you don't got it, you don't got it. And I, I get you. <laughs> and that's I get you, dog. It's do not good. stress. Do not stress out for this. Just if you got it and you want to help us out, please do. Thank Indeed. you so much for everybody that's been um, Patreon people. You guys are the fucking best. Yes. Um, you can check out early episodes and stuff at as early as $5 a month. 
That's so cool. They <laughs> they come out like as soon as I record them. I I work on them that day and I put them out. Yeah, they're usually out within a couple hours. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, come check out. But we got so much live play stuff on there. A lot of cool, funny. Yeah, live play we have stuff. a lot of live play stuff on there. A lot of interesting, cool ideas on there too. I would um, say so. We got F bats. It's Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. You heard us talking about that Batman game a whole bunch. Go go listen to it. It's so cool. <laughs> um, season two of F bats is on its way. Uh, for all the people in the Patreon that are that are getting ready for that. We're doing our world builder soon. Or if you want to get some sweet exclusive merchandise. I'm not going to talk about what kind of merchandise it is. But maybe Will can. secret and exclusive. It's secret and exclusive, but you're going to want it. Do you like, <laughs> okay. mu- do you like mugs? <laughs> Will, you, you're the one that has to talk about the mug. Okay, it's a shout out to Demon Gorgon mug and uh. everyone seems to love it. And yes, <laughs> yes, if you join our Patreon, there's a tier for that. <laughs> That being said, I want to talk about the our the end of our ongoing contest for the winner of the book Descent into Avernus, which has been won and the person has been announced, but we don't know who that person is. Because You've done it! Congratulations! <laughs> Were you on Instagram, over email, possibly Facebook, probably Twitter. Twitter, because there were so many of you. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But that um, doesn't mean that we was, don't know yet. Yeah. We we have no idea. We but will we will ju- know probably tomorrow. We will randomly generate your victory tomorrow. But the next episode is when you'll get your shout out. So congratulations to the winner. You've done it in the future. Thank you to everybody who partook in the contest. And we will be sure to start and announce a new contest sometime soon. You know, you know, we will. Uh, Okay, let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. Are you ready? Are Are we going? Are we live? I'm going. All right. And we have returned. We've returned. And we're talking about Green Dragons. Green Dragons. So, although Green Dragons are infamous for their silver-tongued and sophisticated verbal communication when speaking with other creatures, this veneer of civility, um, or mask if you will, is completely disposed of when Green Dragons are talking to each other. Oh, I thought you were going to say when they smell all the chlorine. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, so when they're talking to each other, Mm -hmm. they're just... Righteous, dirty assholes. So when dealing with each other, green dragons are loud, crass, rude, and aggressive. Oh, no. Um, Now, I think this actually makes a lot of sense because there's no point in keeping up the act when both parties are completely aware of the law. They know what what each other's about. (laughs) Exactly. Green dragons know exactly what the deal is with others of their kind, and none of the guile and manipulations will work on each other. So what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) They're just calling each other floozies all day. I know. They all view each other as direct competition and direct threats, so they all hate each other and everyone knows it. Oh, man. So there it is. (laughs) That would be fun for a party to walk up on. Two green dragons, like maybe. uh, And they just start fucking cursing at each other and speaking. (laughs) Breaking each other's shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That'd be really fucking fun. They're probably like, uh, um, what animals do that where they like, like, I guess wolves or bears, you know how they like play fight a lot. Yeah, sorry. Oh, well, I'm so sorry. Oh my god. But yes. But yes. <laughs> um, they play fight. Or play fighting and sometimes it gets a little more serious. Maybe sure. like yeah. I don't know what what animals I'm thinking of, but like they they probably like throw blows at each other, not to like permanently injure, but to like mm. they're getting in a fight. I especially polymorphed. I'm thinking if they like <laughs> there's two Smack. green dragons just out there, they're bros, they're trying to take over the world, but they get back to their apartment and they just fucking go at it. I mean maybe. It's not really a green dragon's MO. They're no. not I they're not they get back to their violent. swamp hut and their they just fucking hut. start kicking each other in the shin. They're like you're you're dirty. Mm, you suck. Kick each <laughs> okay, other. All right. Maybe. Is it like that? Not really. But, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> 
The only civility to be found between green dragons is in two cases. Um, number one, if there's a large disparity in power level uh, between the two green dragons. So mm-hmm. like a, a younger, less powerful green uh, would be forced to show some restraint when dealing with their more powerful elders. Like an although, intern and a CEO. I guess so. Although this mask of decorum is really paper thin. Like even then everyone knows the deal. <laughs> okay. um, and the second would be um, the second situation is uh, greens that are court courting each other although not during the courting it's after the courting is finished they finally are nice to each other what yeah so <laughs> they green dragons uh during their courtship are still crass and rude to each other mm-hmm. but in the back of their minds they're discerning whether this is someone that they would choose to have a brood with sure and yeah, once okay. it's agreed upon it's like all right we're a team now Dope. We're a team now. All this other <laughs> bullshit is out, out the window. So once a pair of green dragons decide to mate, a strong bond will form between them, and the parental instincts, uh, if you will, will take precedent. Green dragons actually make for pretty good parents. Uh, they are prudent and protective over their clutch, working together as a team. They invest an extreme amount of time and care into teaching their offspring the skills necessary for manipulation and double dealing. Uh, still, this amount of teamwork and selflessness among chromatic dragons can only last for so long. And once the wormlings are old enough, they are driven away by the parents and everyone splits ways forever. So this is the threshold. When you're this low on the chromatic power chain, mm-hmm. you have to do, you have to make sacrifices and, and use teamwork and shit like that to like overcome your enemies and like make sure the next generation is well equipped <laughs> to go on and not just die to blue dragons, <laughs> like outright or red dragons. And if you're even lower than that, you have to live somewhere where no one wants to go, like in the middle of the fucking Arctic. That's valid. Um, to your first point, I would say yes, but the answer to that really is no, because black dragons and white dragons are weaker than greens and they are terrible the at working dragons. together. Yeah. horrible at it oh no i mean i mean just the green dragons like in this instance where they become mates and uh, raise a child yes. they have like uh they have moved on from their 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 brutish ways i guess well it's more along the lines of i mean for that for that for that scenario, period they, but, they're gonna go out and cause mayhem and all that shit i get well, that but okay so the only the only instances of chromatic dragons being decent parents are with green and blue dragons and i think oh, that's right yeah blue i think the too. reason for that is because both the Cultures of both these dragon types, though they're very different, are both established off of skill levels. Mm. Like blue dragons treat their power as a skill that they hone over time. They become really good at combat, really good at tactics, you know, all this other stuff. Really good at like managing things from like a lawful evil standpoint. Um, This is the same with green dragons, except for with them, it's all about guile and double dealing. So like it requires a tutor to learn these um, high end skills. You got to learn how to lie. Yeah, well, a red dragon or even a black or white dragon, they're more naturally predisposed to their nasty behavior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no one needs to teach a red dragon to how, be a prideful piece of shit. Or how to, like, punch good. Or how to it punch knows good. how to punch good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really where this comes in. Okay. And also, like, blue dragons and green dragons are the lawful ones. The other three are chaotic evil. So, there it is. So, anyways. As a general rule, uh, greens avoid other chromatic dragons. Uh, Reds and blues outpower them and are not particularly easy to manipulate or worth the risk. Uh, White dragons rarely interact with greens at all due to their lack of shared territory. As we said, they live where no one goes. Okay. Uh, Although a white dragon would prove easily manipulated due to their very low intelligence power in comparison to green dragons. Uh, (laughs) 
Black dragons are the most likely to find themselves in contact with green dragons. Um, this is almost always bad news bears for the black dragon being both outmatched in mind and body. Uh, most of the time, a green dragon will attack a black dragon on site and take its horde and territory for itself. But in some cases, a green might work out a deal with the black dragon, allowing it to keep its territory as long as it stays in the watery bits and out of the foresty bits. Okay. Um, these deals will almost always be mostly one-sided and serving the purposes of the green dragon. Well, if the black dragon is cool, the green the green dragon can use that okay. to its advantage, Black dragons right? are never cool. Well, <laughs> no, if they're cool with, like, going over to... Yeah, and like, the only way that works is if the green dragon truly outpowers the black, and then the black's like, well, I don't got a choice. I wonder if you can, like, the green dragon will divert. Like, you can, like, if you were looking for dragon parts, like, I know a guy. He's real. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. You won't kill me, but you, you should kill, go kill him. You can go kill him. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I know where he's at. That's I know a, exactly where he's at. pretty basic use of this, but <laughs> but I think the, the idea... Uh, or the actuality, really, of having a, another dragon for an underling. Because, like, let's be real here. If a black dragon is being allowed to share the territory because it's, like, distinctly weaker, like, means that that green dragon probably ordered that black dragon around. And now you have a black dragon in your arsenal. And <laughs> the green dragon shows up at the edge of the foresty bits and to the watery bits and is like, what's up, stupid? <laughs> He's like, well, oh, I hate you. <laughs> I think in this case, the green dragon would keep up this silver tongue bit because you want to keep the black dragon under control because they're really wrathful, nasty motherfuckers. So like, <laughs> okay. you got you gotta like schmooze it a bit, even though you could just kill it. Like, if you want to do what you want, you got to manipulate it. And I think the green dragon would definitely do that. Give me a lunch money, <laughs> give me a lunch please. Money. <laughs> God, this is stupid. <laughs> I would love to meet a green, a green dragon in your campaign. That's all I got to say. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So uh, so when it comes to abilities, uh, green dragons are quite potent. In addition to their draconic strength and poisonous breath, green dragons' mental acuity uh, lends them natural talents of tactics and strategy. Uh, furthermore, green dragons make for the most adept spellcasters of pretty much all dragon kind. Nice. It's maybe coppers. I don't know. Coppers are like adept spellcasters. But when I think spellcaster dragon, I think green dragon. Um, and, and they tend to become spellcasters so powerful that they're only rivaled by the most powerful arc, arc mages. Okay. Um, but their specialty is in both the arcane schools of illusion and enchantment. Again, illusion or uh, schools of magic that are like really about manipulating and trickery and all that other stuff. Illusions and forests and like, like that just kind of goes hands in hand, yeah. hand in hand yeah. with me. Illusions and forests do definitely go hand in hand. It's already I mean, tricky, you know, the light in there. It's true. It's just naturally kind of that's the way it is. Do you have any questions about green dragons before we move on? Uh, so they they're they're loners until they're making babies indeed and that's pretty much it right pretty much it yeah okay yeah no i'm good although they're they're not even really loners because they always have minions they really rely on minions they really rely on the woodland creatures that aren't elves specifically the evil ones specifically the evil ones okay so let's let's talk about the regional effects and their layer actions and all that other jazz so uh the region containing a legendary green dragon's lair is warped by the dragon's uh magic which creates one or more of the following effects um First effect. Thickets from labyrinthine passages within one mile. Uh, no, thickets form labyrinthine passages within one mile of the dragon's lair. Ah, I the, see. The thickets act as 10 foot high, 10 foot thick walls that block the line of sight. Uh, creatures can move through the thickets with every one foot a creature moves, costing it four feet. Ugh. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Unless yeah. you're one of the Irwin kids, and yeah. you're like, oh, so, thickets. So you barely move through it, if you think about it, because that's essentially, let's see, every one foot a creature moves costing four feet, which I think adds up to five feet, which means that there's basically 50 feet of movement to get through one of these th- thickets, if my math is correct. It might be less than that, but that's really substantial. Whether your math is right or wrong, well, I had a good time listening to it. Well, okay. You're missing my joke about the Irwin kids. Oh, I'm like, sorry. I completely missed it. Look at these you thickets. Go ahead. There's a green dragon there. No, it's okay, like, okay. You, go, you go. You okay. go. Right. I'll re-listen to it when I listen to the audio. Whatever, again. man. Okay. So a creature in the thickets must make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw once each round. So not only will it take you probably two turns to get through, you're going to take a lot of damage doing it. Um, it's, yeah, each round it's in contact with the thickets or take... 1d6 piercing damage from the thorns. Each 10-foot cube of thickets has an AC of 5, 30 hit points, resistance to bludgeoning and piercing damage, which makes sense, I suppose, vulnerability to fire damage, and immunity to psychic and thunder damage. I just want to know, like, when do you realize that the the green dragon is around? It's just like, the paladin <laughs> is like... thickets are out of control. <laughs> the paladin's like, there's so many damn thickets, they're stabbing me through my armor. Who in the party is going to be like, green dragon? <laughs> you know? Maybe the wizard. The wizard's like, I don't know, man. The wizard's dead, <laughs> because if the thickets are stabbing the paladin through his full plate... <laughs> <laughs> the wizard's he's, done for. He's cheese, grated cheese at that point. So that was all one effect. They really, really devoted a lot of wordage to the thickets. That's a uh, wordy one. But there's two more effects as well. Yeah. So within one mile of the green dragon's lair, the dragon leaves no physical evidence of its passage unless it wishes to. Tracking it there is impossible except by magical means. In addition, it ignores movement imp- impediments and damage from plants in this area that are neither magical nor creatures. Um, including the thickets described above. So the thickets are nothing to the green dragon. They love the thickets. They love those thickets. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they can do that shit in Jurassic Park where you find mm-hmm. the one fucking giant paw print of the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact, it says here that the thickets remove themselves from the dragon's path as they as they move through the thickets. Oh, wow, man. These are some hot thickets. Yeah, indeed. They're, these thickets are out of control. These thickets <laughs> have a fat butt. <laughs> They're the thickest thickets. <laughs> And they can move, baby. They can indeed, move. Indeed, they can. So uh, <laughs> the final effect, the final regional effect, rodents and birds within one mile of the dragon's lair serve as the dragon's eyes and ears. Deer and other large game are strangely absent, um, hinting at the presence of an unnaturally hungry predator. Oh, man. So that's pretty cool. That reminds me of like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Saruman and Sauron from Lord of the Rings, how they use like the birds to spy on people. I know. And that's why people that's why people started saying all, all the birds are robots and their security cameras. What? Stuff like that. Oh, I haven't Have heard you, this one. What? That's exactly what I thought of when um, <laughs> when you were talking about the screen dragon using the woodland creatures to be its eyes and ears. Is this a all conspiracy just... theory about like rodents being essentially spy birds spy speci- bots. specifically the birds aren't real it's like the flat earthers there's like the birds aren't real people or like justin bieber's oh a lizard gosh. person <laughs> okay all right yeah <laughs> justin bieber's a green dragon you heard it here first sorry if you believe in any of that stuff but <laughs> I, I, I fucking don't okay. i'm sorry man all right sorry about actions. your flat earth dude <laughs> um so okay as we've established with every other dragon episode dragons homes also get to do stuff <laughs> and they do it specifically on initiative 20 most high cr creatures houses are really sad that they don't do as much stuff as a dragon's I house i know so uh on initiative 20 any of these effects can uh come into play when fighting a dragon within their lair uh the first effect grasping roots and vines erupt in a 20 foot radius centered on a point on the ground that the dragon can see within 120 feet of it 
Hell yeah. That area becomes difficult terrain, and each creature there must succeed to DC 15 strength saving throw or be restrained. That's a doozy. Being restrained sucks. I By mean, the roots and vines. This spell looks great on paper, but I, I've put this like this type of spell into practice many times Never with, works with out, right? huge failure rate. <laughs> right. Just well, a, again, this one. is a layer action. It's essentially a free turn. Yep, and it's going to be great for the bad guy. It's going to be shitty for me. <laughs> Indeed. So... Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. The Roots and Vines wilt. Okay. On a uh, DC 15 strength check and success, the Roots and Vines wilt away when the dragon uses a lair action again and when the or when the dragon dies. Mm. A wall. Oh, here's the second one. A wall of tangled brush bristling with thorns. So this dragon's like really, really into plants. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely into thickets. It's, so uh, the second action again. A wall of tangled <laughs> brush bristling with thorns springs into existence on a solid surface within 120 feet of the dragon. The wall is up to 60 feet long and 10 feet high and 5 feet thick. It blocks line of sight. When the wall appears, each creature in its area must make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw. A creature that fails the save takes 48 piercing damage and is pushed five feet out of the wall space appearing on whichever side of the wall it wants so at least you get a choice here i suppose a creature can move through the wall be it slowly and painfully for every one <laughs> foot of creature wherever one foot a creature travels through the wall must spend four feet of movement furthermore a creature in the wall space must make dc 15 dexterity saving throw once each round it is in contact with the wall taking 48 piercing damage so these are like way higher grade thickets these thickets, the thickets don't lie out, out. the thickets that the, the thickets out in the woods are just the backup dancers this, right this, this thicket is, is shakira, shakira. <laughs> great great analogy brian you're welcome okay each 10 foot section of the wall has ac of 5 15 hit points vulnerability to fire damage resistance to bludgeoning piercing damage immunity to psychic damage the wall sinks back into the ground when the dragon uses his lair action again or when the dragon dies. Okay. And that's that's action two. There's a third action. Tired of nasty brush? Tired of these thick thickets? Kill that dragon. <laughs> Make them all go away. The final action that can be taken with the lair action for the green dragon is a magical fog. But you know what? Let's pause it for a second. I wish they would give each of these a name because it's just a giant block of text and I just feel like each action deserves a name. Oh, you understand what I mean? Like you could memorize the thing. Yeah, like, everybody. I, like, I just want to say the dragon uses its blank move, not a wall of tangled brush bristling with thorns and blah 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 springs into existence. And all right, let's do this, man. We'll call that one Bush Shakira. <laughs> Never mind. Hit me with the next. I one. take it back. Hit me with Never the next mind. one. You know what, wizards? You did fine. <laughs> Moving on. The final action, magical fog billows around one creature the dragon can see within 120 feet of it. The creature must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be charmed by the dragon until initiative count of 20 Ooh, on the next round. That is a good one. I like that. That's some hot breath. Yeah, indeed. You work for me Do now. my bidding. I like that. That's really cool. This is swamp Altoids really And not plant really related at all, which I appreciate. Uh, Well, I mean, there's a lot of like the perfume of the plant kind of like... Uh, I'm gonna spray. I'm gonna spray out this. I, yeah, uh, I like, like that flavor. Like poison ivy. Yeah, there's a lot of plant it, stuff going on. A, but yeah. she's she is a chemist. She makes perfumes. Yeah. And what are green dragons but giant reptilian chemists? What are green dragons except for poison ivy? Okay, fair enough. All right, let's get into the stat block. So, uh, ancient green dragon. We're looking at an armor class of 21. The challenge rating on this bad boy is 22. So not too far off the blue and red. I believe uh, blue dragons are challenge rating 23 and reds are 24. So it's up there. Um, they are amphibious, which most of these dragons tend to be where they can breathe air and water. I really didn't see anything in the lore that really like supported green dragons being able to breathe underwater. Um, I, I read Wind Through the Keyhole. It's like a part of the Dark Tower series. It's mm -hmm. like a 
It's like a weird uh, a story within a story time. It was, right. uh, but they did a Green Dragon in that one. And um, it was like was it Dean esque It was. It was oh, like nice. it was a good mix up of like a Name of the Wind dragon and a D and D dragon, where it's essentially just a big critter, mm-hmm. but it has the that dragon in that book had these. It had like fire. It had a breath mm-hmm. and it had agency. Okay. And it wasn't it was a person. It wasn't so huge, but it's very big. Mm-hmm. And it's breathing underwater in a swamp, and some kid jumps on it. Oh. He's jumping logs and he jumps on. Oh, oh no. he jumped on it. Oh no, yeah, and it okay. got it was it was sleeping and it was all confused. But it tried to burn the shit. <laughs> but out it, of but it was aquatic. Is the point of this story? So yeah, it yeah. lived. It was in the woods. So it was okay. just like oh, I'm gonna hang out in this swampy <clears throat> puddle. I guess. Fair enough. Go to bedtime. So it gets legendary resistance, which every freaking dragon does. Multi attack, which every dragon gets, which is its bite, claw, and tail, which all do massive damage. We're looking at two d ten plus eight for the bite. A 4d6 plus 8 for the claw, and a 2d8 plus 8 for the tail. Tiamat does have, like, an aerobics class that she puts on. It's called Bite, Claw, Tail. And that's, you know, it looks really cool when they're all doing it in sequence in the room like that. The big mirror. Yeah, that's true. So uh, all dragons get the Frightful Presence, which is, I'll read it again, each creature of the dragon's choice that is within 120 feet of the dragon and aware of it must succeed a DC 19 Wisdom Saving Throw or become frightened for one minute. Creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. If a creature's saving throw is successful or the effects end for it, the creature is now immune to the dragon's frightful presence for the next 24 hours. I mean, one minute mm-hmm. is <laughs> one minute is so powerful, and it's also like it is it, depending. Like it's, the second you leave combat, it's like it is what it is again. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, it's like one minute is an eternity in combat, and only a minute outside of combat. I could fast forward through like five minutes if I want. In it's my, true. I'm the dungeon master. It's you true. are now cured, but the dragon ate you. So sorry, dude. So the last thing that it can do outside of its legendary actions are its poison breath, which, of course, recharges on a five or six. The dragon exhales poison gas in a 90-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 22 constitution constitution saving throw or take 22 D6 poison damage on a failed save. Have as much on a successful one. I like that breath attack. I like how acid and poison are always like D6. That's always kind of cool. Well, are they? Is that like a thing? I think so. I don't know for sure, but it's... uh... I guess not really. With, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. But I think I almost like all the breaths are D six. It's just a bunch of D six. That's a lot of D six are fun. They yeah, clatter D6s real are good. Fun. They're they, nice and square. I get to say um, Yahtzee. Ironically, back to bitching about their legendary actions. <laughs> um, like I said before, all dragons have the exact same legendary actions: detect, tail attack, wing attack. It's really lame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the moves are fine. It's just like. They should all have something a little more individualistic, if you ask me. Um, that being said, do you have any questions about Green Dragons, Brian? Uh, man, the back the the back end of these episodes always devolves into what just happened, which is us shitting on this build. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. No, yeah, but that's it, the problem. It's great. It's that's just the problem. Not unique enough. Especially In the game when, of Dungeons when, and Dragons, your dragon stat block should not be fine. It should be excellent. You know, <laughs> I. You're holding it to a very high standard, but it is in the name. It is in you the name. You did name your game Dungeons and Dragons. But back <laughs> then true. it was like you had a dragon, right? Like initially, probably in the birth the birth the birth years of this game. Um the no, there was, there was always the chromatics. There's always yeah, chromatics. The chromatics were always a thing. Okay. Whatever. And then the metallics came not too long after. Mm. What if but, they were made of metal? Mm-hmm. What if they were made of gems? <laughs> what, if, what if these dragons were made of space? That's, Indeed. They got one. They got one of those. So with that being said, I think we can get ready for a long rest. And before we go, I would like to tell everybody about 
our merch store. We have a merch store where you can buy Dungeon Cast t-shirts and Dungeon Cast mugs and stuff related to Super Quest Saga. We have uh, the Super Quest Saga t-shirt and mug, but we also have t-shirts for all the individual characters on Super Quest Saga. I so, saw that. That was yeah. really cool. Um, <laughs> so if you want a Sebastian Crenshaw t-shirt, we got one. If you want a Carter Huttenberg t-shirt, we got one. We got a Persephone Gold Pedal, and we even have a Primitive t-shirt. Yes. So if you guys are interested and you guys want to support us, please check out our merch store. The link is in the description. We'd really appreciate it. I will buy all these shirts myself one day. also one day i'll own my own shirts everybody has a shirt but me i think <laughs> no funny. i don't actually own one yet oh, we need to get some we need to get our own shirt i keep man. meaning to buy one and then i forget and I then by the time too. i remember i'm like oh next paycheck i'm gonna get some money back <laughs> right when i do it <laughs> it's true <laughs> so thanks guys if you do buy a shirt it does help support the show and we really appreciate that and the merch store pretty much exists because you guys asked for it yeah that's um, true a lot of people were like where can i buy a sweet mug that says Dungeon Cast on it. I was like, oh, okay, and now you can. And now you can. Um, so thank you guys so much for supporting us. If it's on Patreon, if it's through the merch store, if it's just through listening to the show and telling people about the show, we really, really, really appreciate that. It really does help. And I mean, just fucking thank you. Oh my god. Indeed. What do we got? Anything else? I think that's it. I think here we can call it a game. Uh, hello, game. This is Brian. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys Bye. later. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.